Hi everyone. This is Movies IMO. Um, we're, as Ron and Beverly say, we're in the time machine. We've already recorded the episode, so I just want to uh, apologize for the audio. There's a little bit of a technical difficulty. Um, this is our first episode, and uh, we're still learning this stuff, as they say in the Devil Wears Prada. Not making excuses. It's no. just a matter of fact. It is just a matter of fact. We're still releasing the episode, and we are excited for everyone to hear it. Thrilled. Um, my name is Ben Empey. I'm Brandon Kirby. I'm Daniel Crook. And I'm elated, actually. Yeah, I'm Ooh. really excited. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, today we are talking about Blade Runner 2049 and the culture of reboots and the maybe a little bit of the differences between like a remake reboot or a sequel reboot and see how that goes. I think that's far that's very well organized, that thought. I hope that whatever we said Was lives up to that level of organization. It no, we <laughs> it just, doesn't. I was going to say that, but then I, that would have been officially the first self-deprecation <laughs> on the microphone, <laughs> and I didn't know if I wanted to be the one to fire the bullet in the air. Well, we, we talked about some things, and I think it'll be really fun. I'm not sure if we talked about Denis Villeneuve. I can't remember. Um, Was his name brought up? I, I actually... You I talked about him. Uh, I talked about mood for a hot second. I don't think I said Denis Villeneuve. So I definitely blacked out. I have no memory of what was said by any of us. So now the name's been said. <laughs> so it's in the record. This is a long intro. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Hold on to your fucking hat. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night, bitch. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're having fun. Okay, shut up, shut up. Kesha. Okay, shut up. Alright. Great. There it is. Okay, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Kesha. I've been I've been waiting for an opportunity to do the Kesha. Okay, shut up. You did it. Shall we? Um we shall. Just kick us off about Blade Runner. Let us know your thoughts. Well (laughs) Ben, what did you think about Blade Runner 2049? Should I just jump in with my thesis which is it's not a Blade Runner movie I shouldn't clap it's not a Blade Runner movie you can't clap because it's gonna distort the microphone mm-hmm. um it's not a Blade Runner movie okay and <laughs> is that it yes that's all I have to say about it it's not a Blade Runner movie it, cause you when we got out of it you told me it's it's a superhero movie it's a superhero movie that looks like a Blade Runner movie here's so <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it does not resemble the original. The original film mm-hmm. is like a, like a hard-boiled L.A. detective film noir story. This is a superhero movie. Yeah. But, especially if there are going to be new Blade Runner films, and actually this really redefines what Blade Runner means, in that the same way that Alien is a chamber piece of tension, and then Aliens is a high-octane, like, ripped muscles right. action film, the, the universe is the only continuity. Like, no, it's right. definitely not Blade Runner. Right. Um, Apart, I don't even think the worlds look the same for the most part. I think that's accurate. It's also set thirty years in the future, so it's not the same world anymore. Yeah, but it, no, it's it's definitely not the same film as the original. But it doesn't have to be. I think it does. But why 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 with Blade Runner and then something like with Alien or the Mad Max series? I mean, I don't think it has to be like a detective movie. But I feel like it's not enough about what it means to be human. I think that there's something to be said with the fact that every character in the film, except for Jared Leto and Robin Wright, are not human. Right. And they're grappling with the same existential themes. I mean, we still don't know if Harrison Ford is or is not. Right. That's true. I thought they were going to explore that more. It's it's still just as ambiguous as it was. Yeah, he's just, like, there to collect a paycheck. In a t-shirt and jeans. (laughs) I, I think, actually, Harrison Ford is one of the best parts of that movie. I think his performance in it is... Quite good. I been, it had lost me so long before that I... Before he even showed up, you're yeah. like, I'm done with this. I think it's fine. I think it's a fine line with Harrison Ford when he's underplaying it and just not acting. Um, <laughs> I just like the whole sequence where he's just drowning. <laughs> just drowning for a sustained yeah, 10 for minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like the only time the film is rapidly cutting to anything. And it's Harrison Ford just like... Drowning. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. I don't like... I don't like Ryan Gosling in that role. I will say that. I actually did. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't think... I don't 
for someone who broods the entire film, I don't think Ryan Gosling is good enough at brooding. I think that we used to talk about how great he was at brooding in movies think, like Drive and Blue Valentine. And Blue Valentine. Well, I mean, it's Blue Valentine is a much more expressive performance. Nelson, ha, of course, he's a very in Lars and the Real Girl is a super sedate performance. But I think that I think that we're so sick of it now, and you compound that with La La Land fatigue that when yeah. you see him doing the same old Drive shit, you know. It's a very it's a very triggering to like see Ryan Gosling sitting behind the wheel of a car and just like staring straight ahead. I know there's not a lot very of nice thought. vulnerability in his eyes in this movie. There is. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just I find him empathetic. I find him hot. Um, and I'm willing, more willing to empathize with hot people <laughs> than I am anyone else. I agree. I actually he doesn't do it for me. He wow. doesn't rev my engine like the rest. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> wow. He's oh, like wow. the platonic ideal of a male specimen. It doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. I don't either. <laughs> you must have loved it when he was bleeding out at the end then. Which is great. There were some great set pieces in it. I will give it that. There were great set pieces and great set pieces. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I really liked the casino one the best. That That, that is was, the movie's best scene. That was stunning. That is the movie's best scene. Mm, I well, don't know. It's, <laughs> it's certainly the showiest. Like it's the biggest production design. It's the most red dust and fog in every frame, and it's beautiful. But oh, it's, I, it's designed to be the most beautiful. I mean, part specifically of the movie. in the club where the, the yes. Elvis holograms are. That's what I mean. Oh, I agree. That's, those are yeah, beating the shit out I mean. of each other. That scene, is, that scene is great. Yes, um, but that ties into the idea of what it means to be human. Just in that we're seeing Elvis and Marilyn Monroe, and then lines and lines of like can can dancers, like sure. the whole idea that. In the future, Las Vegas live performers were replaced by holograms of past icons. Sure. Um, so I, I think that I think that those existential questions are happening. They just might be they're, they're at once like literalized, but there's plenty going on in the background too, subtextually. Did the movie have too much plot? That the was movie a- had no plot. I thought there was almost. I think there was too much plot. I, like, I was I was struggling with too much plot. Nothing think- happens in that movie. I would say the original Blade Runner, nothing happens, but I feel like a lot happens. I, I'm not this. sure it's plot. I think that this movie has a lot of exposition. There's just, yeah, it's just like yeah. there are twists. Yeah. There are a lot of, like, there's a lot of journey to get yeah. through. The, the, well, the movie is, um, there are basic facts. Like, Harrison Ford and Sean Young had a kid, and that kid, that replicant baby, is the... It's Jesus. Is, yeah, it's Jesus. The coming... It's like the... He's gonna like bring the revolution. He's right. like the Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders, or she is. There's the Bernie a very Sanders clear figure, right? like second movie. But that's idea that's there. the only yeah. that's the only thing that happens in the movie. It's just like a ball of yarn that's exposition, and it is slowly being unraveled mm-hmm. by Ryan Gosling doing gumshoe detective work. So I guess on that level, it uh, it's definitely not the same sort of Raymond Chandler esque film noir, like going into seedy businesses like the eyeball designer i mean that's redger hauer but still like it doesn't inhabit those same spaces this is a much more like it hangs out more in places of the one percent i think probably the biggest problem for me with the movie is that there aren't really any humans in it as we mentioned a moment robin wright's not enough for you but (laughs) she she bled for you (laughs) she was great but i think that hurts the whole concept of the Blade Runner franchise being about humans versus the replicants and what does it mean to be human if the opposition isn't even there. They've all left Earth. I I don't disagree with you, but I don't think that you can talk about what the Blade Runner franchise is and is not when until two weeks ago there was no Blade Runner franchise. Right, and I think there should still not be a Blade Runner franchise. (laughs) Well, will there? If it it bombed, are they going to make another one? Why would they? No, of course not. They shouldn't have made this one. No, it, I agree. So well, it's dead. hold on. I don't want Ben to think that I'm agreeing with him. <laughs> I mean, only in terms of making a return on your investment. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Like, right. pumping so much money into this movie. That was a cult favorite. Like, Blade yeah. Runner made no money. The original It bot, wasn't yeah. critically well-received. It has only, through time, become, um, you know, a pop-cultural landmark. But more than that, I, I think it's more a poster than it is. Like, I think everyone knows the Blade Runner poster, and everybody knows that mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is... When it comes to sci-fi, he's the prince not just for Star Wars, but because he also did Blade Runner. Right. But I don't think that that the the plot and the themes of Blade Runner are so deeply ingrained in the cultural bloodstream in this country that a sequel was going to set the box office aflame. Fuck yes. Yeah. And and, and actually, and, e- even if even if it was, 
no one, like, no one wants to see a studio movie that's two hours and 40 minutes of just sustained mood. I mean, I right. want to see that movie. <laughs> that was my favorite thing about it, was the, the mood. The, the, yeah, and how, I like the mood a lot. It was insane to me that it could sustain the mood for two hours and 40 minutes, and I thought there was no plot in this movie. The only thing that was keeping me invested, apart from the amazing visuals, was just how was Ryan's distressing hotness. and upsetting, <laughs> like, every scene was. And, and his hotness. I shouldn't clap either. <laughs> Stop clapping. Um... <laughs> I didn't know that the original Blade Runner, because I re- I rewatched it before I saw twenty forty nine. I didn't, and I watched the final cut. I didn't realize that the original theatrical had voiceover narration. Yeah, and that was a studio decision because there's After no plot. They took and the movie people... away from Ridley. Yeah, I'd be very curious to that version. That version is on Netflix. Yeah, I've seen that That's version, the version before. On Netflix. It doesn't work, but it I actually yeah. I don't think that it's the worst studio. I don't think it's the worst stu- uh, studio note ever. Yeah. And that it is a detective noir story. And all of I those agree. are like, they I, do have... I met up on the street corner with the dame and I lit her a cigarette. Like, I, right. That, yeah. that, I think I that's see. actually a good studio note. It just didn't work out. Right. It's just a, the narration itself is bad and Harrison is bad. It's ham it. Yeah, well, Harrison resented the movie. Yeah. Like, he was, I doubt he was putting much passion or performance in Oh, the did he over. resent doing the original? Yeah, he said, he said that, um, that he didn't appreciate, uh, I, I'm not going to get the exact quote, but basically he was saying that Ridley Scott was focusing on all these beautiful sets he designed, and that Harrison was just basically the guy that was going between sets. Oh, like, man. he was the through line, but the movie was more about the world building than his performance. So Harrison agreed to this new one to pay for his his flight crash expenses? Yeah, for his health <laughs> insurance. <laughs> he just decided to I mean, honestly, he, he probably up. bought, like, a pound of weed, which the camera's, like, dealing with it. Medically. True. True. Um, Can we talk about the women? I, I, we have to talk about the women. Well, we have, yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I? Well, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just, I just wanted to open that. Okay, so we have to talk about it. And I, I think we all probably find it problematic on some level. Yes, but I, on every well, level. Well, Brandon, go ahead. And that, so watching that scene, the scene where they morph into one and they fuck the hot Ryan Gosling, I was like, this is problematic because they're objects, but it's also. He's hot, so women would want to fuck him. But anyway. Well, so well, hold on. While you say all women want to fuck him, let's not forget that the most empowered female character in the whole movie, Robin Wright, like the detective, even she hey, wants to fuck, fuck him. him. Yeah. She says, hey, Ryan, what happens if I finish this bottle of vodka? Like, <laughs> what are you going to do to me? What if it's an order? <laughs> <laughs> even she wants to fuck him. So I found it watching it problematic, but then I thought about it later, and I was like, this is a world where women are still objectified. They're never, you know, so it makes sense that, that it's just ingrained in this in Ryan Gosling's brain that, yeah, my phone's going to be a hot chick. Siri right. come to life. It's like, that's, that's the world that it lives in. So I, then I thought about it more. I didn't find it. I'm, glad, I'm glad you said it, because when, when as soon as you said that, Ben, like we should talk about the women, I wanted to foreground this topic with the fact that clearly they are trying to make a point about a patriarchal society that when technology rapidly advances like this and the design is put into the hands of one misogynist creep, like Jared Leto's character, but really like anyone, like any male, obviously like any Harvey Weinstein-esque power uh, player, if they are designing these systems, it's going to be around objectifying women as sexual objects Mm -hmm. and the subservience is predominantly sexual. Having said that, apart from the Harrison, apart from Harrison Ford or Ryan Gosling, the only characters who have any violence perpetrated against them on screen are women. Yeah. Which is wild yeah. to me. I mean, watching Sean Young get a bullet in the head, that feels gratuitous to me in the that same way disturbing. that Mother is talking about, uh, it is working through misogynist themes as well. Um, yeah. But when the camera stays on her, like getting the shit kicked out of her on the floor at the very end of the movie by the mob, mm-hmm. I think I said this to both of you earlier, but like that feels so tactlessly done um, in terms of how to get the visceral impact of the moment when mm-hmm. you compare it to... The baby, um, once you see, like, the baby, like, a roasted pig, like, yeah. ripped open and all the meat picked out, that's, like, a one-second shot. Yeah. And it makes yeah. the exact same impact. Yeah, yeah. And so... It did not need to be that sustained. It felt the same thing to me seeing Sean Young get, like, cold-cocked in the head like that. Or, <laughs> yeah. I think that means she would be hit with a gun. Getting a bullet point-blank to the temple. Right. Yeah. It felt gratuitous. And I, but it, it, I'm not it, willing to say Denis Villeneuve hates women, but I don't think that he loves them enough. Right. It, I think that's fair. Yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about the violence against women in that movie. It's. It's. I. It's brutal. I, I also don't actually understand that sustained 
I hated this scene. The the, the one where the, the nude replicant... Oh. And then he just, like, cuts her stomach. I didn't hated that scene. What was happening? Well, why, why is Jared Leto in this movie at all? He doesn't He doesn't even need to be a character if in this movie. If you lift that no. those scenes out, it changes nothing. Forget that this is his worst performance since Panic Room, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he I mean, was in Panic Room? I think Jared Leto might be the Antichrist. <laughs> um, he has I mean, clearly he charmed a lot of... People I respect in Hollywood, including yes. Denis Villeneuve, to wax eloquently about his talent. He should be in nothing. I agree. And by which I mean, or I hope you mean, like, he should be in nothing, including the planet Earth. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I hate him. Oh, I think wow. he's a hack. Wow. Yeah. So, Do you like him? No! no I, just, I just don't know if it's what <laughs> him eradicated from this <laughs> Earth. Well, I but, do. But, but at what point did we turn against your little? Was it Dallas Buyers Club? No, I think that's his best performance. I've I turned on him the first time I saw him in a movie. <laughs> when was the first time you saw him in a movie? In two thousand two, Panic Room for me. I, I didn't see I it in O two, but um, I don't even know if that's when that movie came out. I really actually. have no conception of Jared Leto as a film actor. He's yeah. just uh, my so called life to me. And oh, uh, that holds a very and you probably place love him for that. Yeah, in my heart. It's it's pretty fucked up. I've never seen that show because Freaks and Geeks holds that same very special place in my heart. Like Ben Foster is forever mm. uh, given mm-hmm. a free pass. Right. But when he overacts. But I mean, I still don't like, like Jerry Leto, though. Yeah. He's, he's, um, he's Claire Dance's boyfriend. He's like a slippery guy. He's sort of like mm-hmm. an artist type or something. And she just like loves him so much. He's the ob- he he, he probably loved being the object of desire. He won't give Because he is his own object of desire. It's true. He wants to abandon himself. Auto fellatio. Oh. Um, anyway, I want to go back to what you were saying about whether he should, like, the character doesn't even need to be in the movie. No. It There's is... too many characters in this movie. If he was not in the movie, yeah, that'd be great. It'd be shorter. <laughs> but he's only in two scenes. It would be ten minutes shorter. Yeah. And so it's, is he really only, only in two yeah, scenes? Yeah, he's in two scenes. God, he feels like he's in that... He feels like he's in one more. <laughs> yeah. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how much of a stain he leaves on the frame. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. It's just oh, not God. good. And I'm not interested in what he brings to the table. I'm not interested in nothing either. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. He does. Um, all right. What else do we need to talk about, Blade Runner? Yeah. Are we? No, I think there's plenty to talk about. Um, Is there? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's appropriate that we're like having a pause here because the editing style of this movie reminded me of that YouTube video of uh, the Wonder Years, and it t- where it takes out Fred Savage's um, voiceover monologuing and uh-huh. just allows like the else. characters to sit there. So someone's like, what are you going to have for lunch? They're like sitting at a diner. And then in his head, we don't know what he's saying. They're all just like staring at each other and like shipping in their seats. <laughs> and it's the oh, most pregnant great. pause. And that's I think beautiful. that was the editing. Uh, that was the North Star <laughs> for the way this movie was edited. Yeah, a lot of beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Well, I, I kind of love that about it too. Like it doesn't feel like slack to me because I, get, I think the mood sustains the whole thing. But someone will say something to someone else, and then we just cut to their face for, like, ten seconds. And they're not even really, like, considering the words. I I think that, actually, like, they just extended the moment in post. um, And, well, I don't... That's boring. But, um... Is... is, Do we think Roger Deakins will... He'll get nominated, obviously, but could he win? Yeah, I I think he's absolutely You think he will win? Yeah. I agree. And I also think that if Dunkirk did... Over Dunkirk? Yeah, he'll definitely win. Okay. He has so much... He's so overdue. He's so overdue. I mean, and, no one um, knows. Like, they don't put the names on the ballot. It just says the name of the movie. Yeah, but, oh, really? you know, mm-hmm. he's been nominated so many Which times. Is why Oscar voters know who Roger Deakins is. Do they? Because they've never given him an Oscar. They've nominated him <laughs> eight times. Still. Oh, I thought it was they nominated him twice that. in the same category, right? In 2007? Yeah. yeah. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, I think they'll definitely win. I think the sound is just as good. I saw it in the uh, like the super good. Dolby theater in Burbank. Mm. It was like bone crunching. Yeah, it is good. I mean, it should. Yeah, it's gonna win. It's, it's gonna, gonna sweep the tech. No, but what about Dunkirk? Because we said this two months ago that Dunkirk was gonna sweep the tech. Right. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be how much people remember Dunkirk by the people time. People remember Dunkirk. I will. I think will that's right. or I think won't. They will. I I know. I think. Oh, I thought oh, I said they, will. Oh, I think they will too. Mm-hmm. I think that even though the Academy is changing, like, the old guard, like, the Ann Thompson steak eaters in the Academy, they're going to respond to it as just that rousing World War II film. Mm-hmm. And then all these new members are just, I assume they're all, like, Nolan fanboys to some extent. Like, younger, Pops, very popular. Yeah. 
younger people treat him like a Hitchcock or a Spielberg. Right. Um, you know, for good reasons. Disgusting. Yeah, I don't know if it's disgusting. I mean, as, <laughs> like, as like a maximalist of... studio filmmaker, yeah, he's certainly made an impression on a lot of people. They were there are younger than forty. Good films, yeah, there? four stars on Letterboxd. Nice. Yeah. More like zero. I think it also has <laughs> more like zero. I gave it a five. Yeah, you really love that I... moment of release at the end, right? <laughs> yes, I did. It's a good moment. It is. I thought the 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 ticking that goes through the whole movie and then it's silent for that last five seconds. Tick, I enjoyed tick. that. Shh. I not, enjoyed that. Not a boom. <laughs> no tick. Yeah. I mean, no boom. Just a. <sighs> I enjoyed it. I felt nothing. I I was surprised how much I felt. Do you feel anything <laughs> normally? <laughs> no. That's a good point. That's fair. I don't. Um, um let's talk about reboots. I want to keep talking about Blade Runner. I'm I sure there's something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else is there to talk about Blade Runner? I think that we could talk about some of the performances in this movie. We, we did. Brian Gosling is hot. Oh, okay. Mackenzie Davis. I have something I want to talk about. Oh, and it's she related is quite to Mackenzie Davis. Who is one of who, the greatest actors of our She's generation. fantastic, but she also is given nothing to do. She should right. also not be in this movie. I mean, the, she should be in the movie. Her role should just have more meat on its bones. Yes. I think it's yeah. really interesting that there is even the technology of the Siri girlfriend who is confined to the house unless he gets this special extension, whatever. And I think it's really interesting that the replicants themselves are subjugating other robots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the left cannibalizing itself right? yeah. in fighting and in, within any demographic. And I think it's so interesting that he has to bring in another replicant to fuck yeah. his girlfriend. And it's very weird. Yeah, I hate that scene. Oh, do you? It made me so uncomfortable. Yeah, I was pretty uncomfortable. It's a very strange it. scene. Well, at that it's point, beautiful. at that point, I had decided that, like, I understood that the film is trying to have some sort of critique of the patriarchy by having every single female character in some role of subservience, and mm-hmm. all of them, including Robin Wright, at a certain point, are objectified mm-hmm. or are offering themselves up for sex. At this point, though, I had decided, like, okay, like, you can make that point and also give some dimensionality to these characters. Yeah. That by the time that happened, it felt like such a betrayal of the promise that Mackenzie Davis gave in her first scene. I thought that they were going to be, like, trying to escape the city together. Like, driving through, like, the speeding hovercraft or something. Like, evading the other Blade Runner cops or whatever. Or whatever. Or whatever. And then the next, like, she has a wonderfully memorable encounter with him in the food markets where she tries to proposition him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then she says the line that you just brought up um, about, she she sees the device that includes the serial girlfriend and she's like, oh, you're not into, like, fleshy Mm -hmm. robots or whatever. Right. Fleshy robots. Great. (laughs) Um, And I thought that was just sort of a throwaway line that was building that dynamic that you're talking about. Yeah. But it ends up being a plant. (laughs) For her to pay off, yeah, yeah, I was a his little like dick. Mm-hmm. I hate it, and then um, so that he can get his dick wet. Yeah, even the initial scene where Ryan Gosling, after that very intense first encounter, goes back to his apartment for the first time, and the long introduction of his Siri fuck toy mm-hmm. female. Well, yeah. don't don't be as disposable about her as. The sorry, movie. sorry. <laughs> It's a pretty good performance. No, it's a great performance, but it just that that felt it felt so long. I don't know. Everything in this movie is long. Yeah, you're right. All right, forget it. It's like <laughs> Including, I imagine his dick because everybody wants it. Uh, wow, they wow. do. They do. Even Robin Wright. Even Robin Wright. I mean, she is basically offering herself up to be non. Well, it would be consensual, but she says like, "Let me finish this vodka and then see what you can do with me." It's like. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you my body, she which is her rights, but her Robin rights, yeah. But every like every single female character in this movie wants to fuck him, and it drove me insane. So yeah. when even though it's visually interesting, when the three way scene happened, it was just like, oh, so he's finally going to get his nut, um, mm-hmm. and these ladies are going to deliver that to him. Yeah. At although, least... although at the same time, like the Siri girlfriend carries most of the emotional weight of this movie. I, yeah, I actually, she's, she's great. When she died, I was like, I'm sad. I was moved. Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, she's actually a great character. hmm I liked, um... I felt that. I liked love. <laughs> I liked love. Jared Leto's, uh, right-hand woman. 
Oh, yeah. Although I was very confused about her arc because she watches Jared Leto cut open the fresh replicant mm -hmm. and she, does she shed a tear? Maybe she doesn't shed a tear, but she's clearly she, very disturbed by the she moment. Is. And then in the next scene, she's back to doing his bidding and never, and never once questions his authority or his ethics again. And, and it felt like it was setting up a more interesting, a more grounded characterization for her. Yeah, that wasn't moment. well written. <laughs> No, I, so yeah, I think I think, I think her motive was fuzzy. I thought the whole scene where he cuts the replicant open, I was like, why is this happening? What are those floating well, eye? Robots? I actually think those are kind of cool. Um, they look cool, but what are they doing? They're seeing for him. Oh, because oh, he's blind. Because oh, he's right. blind. Oh, yeah. Well. I don't I, even remember this. I'm sure there's some sort of great <laughs> metaphor blocked there. out yeah. 70 of the movie. <laughs> he can build, but he cannot see the destruction he has wrought. Is what that is a quote from the film? No, it's probably just some bullshit. <laughs> that's just God. Yeah. That's just what God is all about. But this, the scene when he slices open the fresh replicant. I love calling it a fresh replicant. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. A bee <laughs> replicant. Um, that seems to me just like this sort of um, air quotes, edgy, dark, cruel, and nihilistic type of scene that male filmmakers seem to think carries, like signifies weight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, there are a million ways you could have explored that same idea. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so easy. Mm -hmm. I hated that scene. Yeah, I mean... I hated the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Shall we move on? Um... <laughs> you were not ready to let go. I think that you're, I think you're dismissing a movie that has a lot of things working for it. Visually. Yeah, but that's not nothing. Mm-mm. That's not nothing. It's not nothing. I mean, that's why I sort of fluctuate on my letterbox review. If I'm going to go three and a half or four. I wish my facial expression could be on this podcast right now. <laughs> You're not giving much of a facial expression right now. You should see how I feel. Cut <laughs> me open. Cut me, me open. <laughs> no, I want, well, I, I want one of the eye readers from the first Blade Runner to like oh, yeah. put up on there. Oh, here's a question. So Dave Bautista, in that first scene, gets tackled by Ryan Gosling, he shines a light up to his eye, and you see a serial number under the eye. But he is one of the models that we met in the first Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. So why didn't they just find out if people were replicants by shining a light for their serial, like, under their like, eye for their serial number, rather than have that camera on their eye watching it flicker and dilate That's a great question. Does that mean this new one... Fucked up the mythology of I think, the Orridge. Yeah, there were no serial numbers in the original. I didn't think about that. I'm sure that there is a reasoning for... Are you? Yeah, I don't think this movie is underthought. <laughs> I think that it confidently goes in some Did, wrong Did he write it? I actually don't um, know. I don't know. He, was, he was brought on, I know that. It does, is this the type of movie where that has like 10 writers on it? No. Like, is it like a superhero where it's like... I will give the movie room. one thing extra that we haven't talked about. I did not see it coming that the one designer woman was the child. I did. And I thought it was surprising. And I, it, like, looking back on it, obviously she was based on their first scene with mm -hmm. Ryan Gosling. Her reaction to the memory. But exactly. it didn't, I didn't notice it in the moment. I, well, I, 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 I don't mean back. to be glib. I guess I didn't know that she was the daughter, but I knew that she was somehow connected because of Cause why else how is much she, she there. Yeah, and like, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, oh, oh, wait, hold on. Detective movie. Hold on a second. How have we not talked about the best moment of this entire movie, which is that scene, which is like, yeah, this is a real memory. And then Ryan Gosling goes, God, <gasps> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's that scene where I decided I don't like Ryan Gosling in this movie. That, well, that, I, that, I thought that was I, so bad. Did I laugh in the theater? Heartily. <laughs> Does it work for me nonetheless? Yes. And the reason why is that he, he is a new mode of replicant designed to obey, design, designed to not uh, allow any sort of explicit dissent or explosive emotion. And so this character has never yelled like that before in his entire life. True. What, whatever a replicant's life is called. Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, it's messy and silly and over-the-top this is the character's breaking point. Mm -hmm. It's still hilarious. It's I laughed, but it, it I think it works. Um, but it, when it, you frame it that way, I'm like, I'll, I'll forgive it. A it's good bit. and bad. 
It, it yes reminded, and no. It remi- yes and no. It reminded me of Darth Vader in Star Wars episode whatever it is. Um, you actually have to specify. The, uh, there episode. are seven different movies <laughs> that you could be talking there are about. Seven films. Um, episode three when uh, one. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that's that's our next. Um, anyway, but episode <laughs> three where Darth Vader goes no. Oh, it reminded so me of good. that. So good. <laughs> well. I think that's a segue moment. Yeah. Into reboots. Sure. Um, um, so, why, why did this movie get made? So, I think what's really that's interesting... A very good <laughs> I just think it's really interesting that reboots in the past... I don't even know how many years. Three? Four? Mm-hmm. Before, when there were reboots, they literally started over, but now it's... Like this backdoor pilot thing. It's this reboot slash sequel. Yeah, reboots. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's really strange. Yeah. I mean, there's precedent for that. You could argue that the James Bond franchise is exclusively that. Sure. Because mm-hmm. with every new Bond, it's a new direction, it's a new characterization. Like Timothy Dalton comes in, it's very gritty. Roger Moore comes in, he's very gay. But we're meant to think it's the same character. Mm-hmm. And, and the same goes for supporting characters in that franchise, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I take your. I mean, you're you're on the right track, but there is a precedent for it on some level. But it is the only it's, it's the only franchise that has like twenty five movies right. in it. Though just, it's it's interesting that there's both the reboot sequel, which is what Blade Runner is, but the also the reboot re- remake, which is Star Wars. Star Wars, which literally they blow up another Death Star. It's literally a New Hope. It is, but it works. B for B, and that's why I think. The Last Jedi is going to be beat for beat. Empire. Empire. Of course it is. I mean, the trailer sort of insinuates that... Oh, I haven't watched it yet, still. It's, really? It insinuates that Rey is tempted to go to the dark side. Mm. I think that's uh, creative. And that she loses her arm. Oh, yeah. Oh, does it? No, that... I was well, totally kidding. I, 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 I did. So you can't get that. I think that moment is creatively cut. Because it's Ray saying... <laughs> literally cut. It's literally from, cut. From the shoulder down. No, because Ray says, I need your help, blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts to uh, Rilo, whatever. Adam Driver, evil man. Kylo Ren. Thank you. Uh, holding his hand out like he's... She's asking him. But I like to think she's speaking to Carrie Fisher or Laura Dern <laughs> or, or a... Sage female. Because we still haven't seen who Laura Dern plays in this movie, I'm still convinced she's going to play Kylo Ren's therapist. (laughs) (laughs) But how do you feel, Kylo? (laughs) Not in your world. Not in the world you're living in. (laughs) Who is Laura Dern in the new Star Wars? She's a purple wig. I need to know. I feel like I've heard that she's a bad guy. But that's all I That would be great. Yeah, that would be great. Into it. Just space Renata. (laughs) She's Mon Mothma. The oh, well, my mouth is good. I know, but I just good. like am imagining She's that, like, but the evil mm-hmm. version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anti-Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a good point, though, about Force Awakens. It, it, it's, it, it's a remake, but we... For me, it's it gets away with it because it's table setting, which is the same right. thing that A New Hope does for right. the next two films. Like It's just right. setting up the universe, setting up the characters, setting up the rules, the stakes... Mm-hmm. Showing you a bunch of different worlds in the process that may or may not come into focus later. May or may That's, not blow up later. Yeah. Which which uh, which Star Wars movie does Princess Leia's planet blow up? New Hope. Oh, it's right off the bat. It is like it's the the test of the Death Star. Yeah. yeah. Isn't there a moment in the Star Trek reboots where um, I didn't see the third one? Uh, oh, the, it was okay. Uh, it was the truest to. I mean, I'm not really a Star Wars or Star Trek expert by any means, but it had the most. Um, Nah, forget it. Um, <laughs> Great. Yeah, well, I don't give a shit. Um, I thought the first Star Trek was good, and then that was it. Star Trek Into Darkness is one of the worst it's, sequels ever. It's really bad. Yeah. The whole reveal with Benedict Cumberbatch. That was the moment we all should have realized that Benedict Cumberbatch actually isn't talented. He just has a British accent. Yeah. Which he isn't using in that movie. Can right. We just, like, pause for a moment to talk about his... Thinly veiled rage that the Harvey Weinstein thing isn't is going to like preclude. That's not the word I'm. It sounds for. like the current word. He's not going to get an Oscar nomination for the current. He wasn't going to get one anyway. So upset. I know he wasn't. But he, is that a Weinstein film? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was like their only movie. But it's so like when he's, it's very pissed. clear he's upset 
I think he's great in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy when he's the gay the gay agent. Ooh. The gay agent. Haven't seen that film. Neither have I. Oh. That film. Well. <laughs> Add to the list, folks. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I, I, I have a question. I'm not a cinephile, is what we're learning here today. <laughs> I have a query. It's, uh, with two E's. <laughs> I have a queer E. Indiana Jones, the Kingdom of the Crystal... What the fuck is it called? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? The Crystal Skull right. Returns? Yeah. Whatever yeah. the fuck. What if... The way they re- rebooted that, whatever year that was, early to that, whatever. They took... Colin Trevorrow, whatever his name is, of that type of auteur. That's what his name is. They took a, a tour and had how they're doing reboots now, had that type of filmmaker reboot Indiana Jones today with Harrison Ford. Would it be a success? I don't. Wasn't that film? It would make a lot of money. Yeah, it would make it. Would make a mint. Do you mean critically? <laughs> I think that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a bad movie plot-wise, but features some of Spielberg's most handsome set pieces. Mm-hmm. And photography. Are you referring to when Shia LaBeouf's dick gets hit by the (laughs) boy being dragged? (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. (laughs) I just think I don't really like Kaminsky's lighting for the most part. It just troubles me on a basic logical level that there is light coming in from windows on every side of a room, which is impossible. (laughs) Like from the table. That's not the sun, right? (laughs) The table is the sun. Um, But some of the some of the scenes earlier in the movie. at the college or wherever he teaches, just some of the light flooding in there, I think is some of Spielberg's best photography. Or I, don't even, I don't even remember the movie. I rewatched it recently. I remember the aliens at the end. I, I remember, remember the aliens. Blanchett's wig. Yes. I want to know. And I remember the fridge. I have no idea what is, that is referring to. Oh, <laughs> where he um, hides in the fridge to hide yeah. from a bomb. See, that's a great sequence. No memory of that. I actually like that. Sequence. I love that when he, he, he thinks he stumbled into a town... And then he sees that it's just models, right, like model moms right. and dads mowing the lawn, holding their kid's hand, mm-hmm. like watching TV, and it's a nuclear test site, right? And I totally buy the the nuking the fridge moment, mm-hmm. because just like the earlier Indiana Jones movies were trying to ape the detective, or like the adventure serial stories, this is doing sort of a cheesy sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that if you're bringing logic <laughs> into, an, into a movie with aliens at the end, then you're chasing the wrong... Yeah. I don't know, Fox. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think um, this Blade Runner didn't do well because of reboot fatigue? Or do you think it's Blade Runner specific? I think that there's probably a lot of people who didn't even know it was a reboot. I think people went in expecting an action movie. And they got a tone A sustained pause. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think people didn't get what they were mm-hmm. expecting, so word of mouth was not good. Crushed it. I, yeah. I, well, someone crushed. walked out from the Vista. Did you see that? No. Only, I only saw one couple left, but they did. Yeah, I, I, I could see a lot of people in, like, middle America just, like, walking out, falling asleep, being bored, mm-hmm. generally. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gripped. Oh, I was too. I mean, I, I I enjoyed my time, except for like a few select scenes. I did not. Yeah, and <laughs> excellent. And you're on the record. <laughs> Get closer to the mic. I didn't like it. Thank you. Um, speaking of reboots, do we want to dig into TV reboot? That is that. Phenomenal? Sure, but not before yet. we do that, I do think it is interesting that Ridley Scott has. Two intellectual properties in theaters this year as reboots. So you mm-hmm. have Alien Covenant and you mm-hmm. have Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Mm-hmm. He directs one of them. Uh, Was he involved with Blade Runner? I think he's an executive producer. Probably. Does that mean anything though? No, he threw money. Not in. necessarily. <laughs> but like, is he involved? Probably not. Um, but I thought it was interesting that both movies ended up exploring one of the same themes. Um, I someone watch Alien Covenant. Well, have you seen Prometheus? Yeah. So this. The Prometheus saga so far sort of moves away from the, the bodies. There, anyway. There's body horror. You love Prometheus. what? Oh, Prometheus. Okay. I need to revisit it. Go ahead, it. Ben. Oh, sorry. Keep no, it's okay. Me, no, I'm happy to be a dormant. <laughs> Continue. Listen, we both talk over each other. That's part of the charm of our relationship. Right, but it's only when you do it to me <laughs> that it hurts. <laughs> Boys. Continue. I don't. I mean, all I was going to say is that both movies are exploring the idea of replicants trying to meet their makers in some way, mm-hmm. and I found Ridley's version more compelling. 
Probably, yeah. Because he directed it, maybe? Well, I mean, it's more Fassbender and the weight he brings to that robot character, or in, this, in Covenant, the two robot characters. Um, I love sexy. And that tight little outfit. Yeah. But you didn't see Covenant, right? No, I'm just talking about for me. Yes. He kisses himself. That's what point. I've heard. Yeah, there's a gay I keep moment. meaning to watch it specifically for that reason. He looks like a lot of, um, what, what do we call matching gay couples? Boyfriend twins? Boyfriend twins, uh, yeah. And literal boyfriend twins. Yeah, it's two fast benders, like, mm. flirting. There's this story that... that is so interesting. It's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, I love it, though. It's great. It's so gay. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a more queer film than The Babadook. Yes. Oh! Which, well, I don't, I'm not going to go on mic about how I feel about The Babadook being a queer Has thing Has Jennifer now. Kent sounded off on this? Where is she? Mike, what is she up to? <laughs> my point is that I think that the uh, the adoption of the Babadook as a queer icon, which I'm all for on some level, mm-hmm. totally dwarfs the fact that we had one of the most intriguing debuts from a female filmmaker yeah. in a couple years, yeah. and especially in horror, and no one talks about Jennifer Kent anymore. No. And also, the film is about women's issues, yeah. and when we talk about it as a gay thing, I yeah. love the memeing of it, mm-hmm. but... And, and it's not that you can't walk and chew gum at the same time, but I just, I guess I should be thankful that this is bringing more people to the Babadook and sure. they can see the horror that is wrought upon a woman when she hates her child. Yeah. Um, but I wish that that was the topic of discussion. No, I, I do agree with that. Having, and, said, having said that, I love that y'all have chosen to screen that uh, for, what is it called? Outtoberfest. Yeah, right. Which I think will have happened by the time, plug it. No, it it make w- a plug. It will have happened by the time this airs. Yeah. So I'm not going, by the way. So I as, have a, good as time. a protest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm having dinner with my daddy. Oh, sweet. Oh, daddy, or just your father. My father. Okay. Um, no, I I agree with your point on that. Uh, yeah, I would like to know what Jennifer Kent is up to because I am ready. She for was her. shooting a movie this summer. When is it another horror? I used to know. I, I can only keep so much information in my head at once. You know, it's bringing a lot of gays to Netflix, viewing it, and they probably are getting not what they're expecting, but then they can see written and directed by Jennifer Kent at the end. Well, and I mean, it's not just that it's written and directed, it's that it's grappling with those themes that I just said yeah. as well. And that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I should really just be happy that more eyes are on the Babadook. Yeah, um, but you're right. The conversation should be about a mother's guilt and women's issues and yeah. Yeah. I agree. Therapy horror. It's one of my favorite therapy horror films. Yeah. It's it's incredible. It's, it was one of my favorite movies that year. Yeah. And I can't wait until they remake it in 20 years, and that has anything to do with the conversation we were just trying to have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Where are we? We're just on a tangent. That's fine. I would like to bring I up... I also don't like the Babadook. <sighs> you were just sitting over there. Then taking a waiting, good step waiting to drop. <laughs> in one sentence... Why don't you like the Babadook? I'm, I'm, I'm actually not interested to hear this. <laughs> I, I want, I want, I want one sentence. It is just like a visceral. That movie is not for me. Okay. Why? I okay. don't know. It's just not. I just don't like it. That's fine. That's okay. Right. Quote Amy Adams in doubt. You just don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's me about the Babadook. Fair, fine, good. <laughs> um. Another one to talk about is Mad Max. Sure. Which is <laughs> the I best. I guess that is something we can talk about. <laughs> is, do you think that's the best one? It is singularly the best of the reboot. So that that's would be sequel. Absolutely. And it's, it, that... it's because it doesn't overthink anything except for building upon the mythology that's already been established right. in the previous films. Like the plot trajectory of that movie is drive to a point in the desert mm-hmm. and then drive back. Pick some people up. That's the movie. Do they pick them up? Um, Do they bring them back? No, they're kidnapped. Charlize has already stowed them in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. You're talking no, about the, the women. Yeah, they're Do already, they they're already hiding back, in the though? big rig. No, not. They go to like the women. The blue place. The yes, the only blue portion of the film. Yeah. <laughs> They don't bring anyone back with them. No, they they bring the, the they bring the older ladies back, oh, they and do. they kick ass, and a couple of them become martyrs for the cause. Right? Is there going to be so? Does that fall under the category of reboot sequel or reboot remake? Plus, sequel. That's a reboot sequel. I don't even know if it's be... a reboot. Well, it it has it, it, has, a, it has a new Max, but I guess it, it's it, only a reboot. It, it is a clear sequel. One. Some people claim that that's not Max. 
that in um, the movie in the, that what's his face Tom Hardy's character is not Max. What's the evidence for that? Oh. What's his name? <laughs> IMDb. Huh? What's his name on IMDb? Max. Is, is it? There you go. Unless it's like Jason. I don't have any time for that argument. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> is there going to be another one? Uh, they've talked about doing a Furiosa-centric one. Ooh. I will oh, say. Right. And in that case, it would be like a reboot. It is Max passing, passing the, baton, the baton. Which, like, almost which literally happens. And yeah. it, it's exchanged in that glance when she's going up his, the riser. His yeah. credit is Max Rokotansky. That's Max. <laughs> that's Max. That's Mad Max. I didn't know he had a last name. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's funny. Yeah. It's wonderful. In the beginning, it's like branded and fired. Uh, you know, when it says like Charlize Theron, yeah. Imperator, Furiosa, it has the Rokotansky. Oh, oh so the, he is Max. All right. Well, that's uh, refuted. All right. I don't know Who what... told you that? At Twitter. <laughs> you should never listen to Twitter. <laughs> Literally, don't even go on Twitter anymore. <laughs> I wish I was dead. Twitter is <laughs> over. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Twitter is done. Um, did you guys see The Jungle Book? I did. I, I, I watched it at Netflix at home, and I turned it off when Christopher Walken as the orangutan started singing. <laughs> you made it I pretty was, far in. I was horrified. I had to turn it off. I was horrified that that's what passes as musical choreography, that he was sitting down for the entire number and then just, like, tossed a bunch of fruit in the air at one point. It was disturbing. Look at the rainbow. That, that movie should not have had musical numbers. It didn't know if it was a musical or not. Yeah, right. It was really weird. And the fact that, like, the only people who are singing are Bill Murray and Christopher Walken, and they're both talk singing through the whole mm-hmm. thing, and there's no choreography. It's just weird. It's awful. I hate that movie. But I think you have love a real problem. Yeah, they're wrong, too. Um, it, it looks fake. <laughs> um, it does look but entirely But more, more importantly, fake. I mean, there's a lot of uh, logical leaps that I take issue with. But my biggest problem with it is that its protagonist is an asshole. <laughs> like, Mowgli is an annoying kid with no concern for others. He leaves that fire in his wake with the torch, <laughs> and then it's never addressed that he has set the forest on fire, <laughs> apart from the villain of the movie, who's like, I'm totally going to kill you now. You just ruined an ecosystem. And then he's like, fuck you, Shere Khan, and pushes him off a high tree. Like, the problem with that movie is that the villain is right, and the protagonist is wrong. He's a brat. I didn't even I didn't watch enough to think that far into it, but I believe you and I trust you. Wow, I'm jealous of you because that's all I was thinking when I was watching it. It's like I, I mean, partly because Idris Elba is so good in that movie, but I was on his side from the get go. Oh, Idris Elba voices the Shere Khan. Shere Khan, yeah. Interesting. I don't have anything to say about the Jungle Book. But I do you have anything just... to say about Beauty and the Beast, which we saw together? Oh, uh, wasted though. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> it made it an easier experience, is it, is it? Is it that bad? Is it really that bad? Yes. Garbage. Is it worse than The Jungle Book? Yes. Mm, not for me. For the what? first, like, two minutes, I was like, this might be good. It's like, what's-his-face from Downton Abbey is, like, applying Dance makeup. He has long and, like, hair, baby. You're like, oh, maybe... Bill Condon is going to do something a little bit queer and exciting. And then just like the minute the witch walks in, you're like, well, it's over. Mm-hmm. The good things are done in this film. It's the bad place. <laughs> it's the bad place. We are in the bad place. Um, is it, are the, are the songs good? I, I'm just asking. I'm no, it's, it's all, it's it. all bad. It's Emma all auto Can't sing. Yeah. It's, there's no exclusively gay moment, but it is exclusively terrible from start to finish. And how do we feel about, the Lion King coming up. What's, I will kill myself. What's that shit show going to be? But what's interesting is that as much as we can hate these live action Disney's that are happening, most critics not live like action. them. They're not live action. I agree, but they're calling them live action because it's like right. realistic CGI, right? And like photo real. Yeah, photo real, quote unquote. And I'm willing to admit that and like, critics like the animation them. is a big leap forward in terms of rendering animals. Or did you see the Beast's face? Um, oh, I know. I'm talking about the Jungle Book. Oh, okay. Do you know why the Beast's face is so bad? I think you told me. Yeah, that. I did tell you that. that yeah, they. I don't even remember. It, yeah. You you told me that they 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 did makeup, uh-huh. and they they had all this budget for for makeup, and then it didn't look good. So they were like, "This is this has to be CGI," and they ran out of budget. So that's man. why his face looks so cheap. His face looks like a PS3 game. I think it all looks cheap. Yeah. Um, well, what else is CGI? Um, oh, all the little 
the thing. Furniture and every character is miscast. <laughs> I love when Ewan McGregor gets loud and when he has fun. Um, your Velvet Gold Mines, your I Love You Philip Morris's. Mm-hmm. But he sings your song in Moulin Rouge. And, and, and of course, Moulin Rouge. But he is not a good Lumiere. Ian McKellen as Cogsworth makes no sense. That's like, that's just like a big, boisterous character. And Ian McKellen is a sophisticate. It's bullshit. Who plays the little um, teapot lady? Emma Thompson. Oh, that's right. That's actually that's pretty good right. casting. And that's the, I like the, the one sheet of her just holding the pot. Because she's yeah. not in the film. But it's like, look who's voicing her. Look who's <laughs> The only thing that I like about that movie is that it ends on a shot of Audra McDonald singing. Holding a dog! Yeah, that's the only thing. <laughs> that's how like, Beauty and the Beast ends. Yes, yes, that's the final shot of the movie. Audra McDonald is singing Beauty and the Beast as they dance as real people. And mm-hmm. she is holding a dog. And she's holding the dog. Who is she in the film? She's Just Audra the, McDonald. The wardrobe. Oh. Oh, she's the wardrobe. She's the wardrobe. Okay. She's just Audra McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> in the film. That's the name. It's the wardrobe's <laughs> name, the character's name. Audra. <laughs> so she just ascend from the sky and just sings. Basically. I mean, that's just who she is. It's like a low angle, too. So it's <laughs> reverence of her. Like, the shot's intimidated by her Appropriately so. Appropriately so. I will never see it. Um, you're not missing anything. The only thing that I find encouraging about The Lion King is that Donald Glover is playing Simba. Really? Oh, I didn't even know that. Really? I didn't know that, either. Is it going to have the songs? Based on John Favreau's it, last reimagining of a will. Disney animated classic. Are lions so sure. going to fuck in the weeds in this film? <laughs> During Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Yeah. And it's going to look a lot more real than the animated version. Oh, yeah, baby. I will see it. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Um, John Favreau, director of Chef... I never saw. Chef. I've never I seen Chef. I didn't either. I don't plan to. Same. But for years, I had every person in my life who knew that I liked movies, which was like everyone in my life, saying, "Did you see Chef? <laughs> it is the most lovely, warm, agreeable film. It's not great, but had a wonderful time." Yeah, that's the ten re- people told me that's that. the review of Chef, and that's uh, that's the only review. Mm-hmm. Speaking of John Favreau, we can talk about. <laughs> Should we talk about the pod? <laughs> the what? The other John Favreau. Oh, oh, oh. I got it. Ah, I'm an idiot. Pod Save America. Yes, the other pod. The good John Favreau. No, I like John Favreau. Um, no. I mean, I actually like him a lot. I like him a lot in... I like him on Friends. Oh, yeah, he's on Friends. I like him a lot. I like him in I Love You, Man. I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. He's, um... He is Jamie Presley's asshole husband. That, like, ten years ago? Unfortunately. Next Woo! year, I think it's 2008 or 2009. We're old. I like him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As an actor. As an actor. Not as the progenitor of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Isn't that crazy that he directed the first one? He started it all. Yes. He started it all. It's crazy. But he, I like, I liked, I like him in the Iron Man universe, which molded itself into the Spider-Man universe. They just folded into each other. He's with funny. Him. It's kind of one note. His whole <laughs> character. I laugh. I chuckle. Yeah, it's like the same laugh every time, though. <laughs> it's like, Lucky's tired of it. He needs a break. Yeah, okay. Fair. Uh, I don't... I mean, I'm not... I'm not going to give any credit to the MCU. Oh, I, that's not true, but we'll save, it, we'll save it for the Thor Ragnarok discussion. The only, I won't see that movie. So will you, will you? I think that they put Kate Planchett in the wrong Marvel movie, because imagine if she was in the Howard the Duck movie, she could walk around going, Howard, compared to... Is the, that a Marvel property? Yeah. Yeah. Is it getting re- it's not getting remade? No, I have no idea. I'm just saying that would have been an opportunity for Kate, oh, Kate Planchett oh, and Trousers to say, to say Howard again. The, the, <laughs> the only reason I brought up Jan Favreau was to segue into Spider-Man. Jan Favreau. Jan Favreau. <laughs> I don't know. I, what do you have to say about Spider-Man? <laughs> what I will say about Spider-Man is I think Homecoming was a successful reboot of a reboot. What, what, what does that even mean? That means that... It got rebooted after the, um... Do you mean cinematically successful? Yes. 
I think that after feels, those, uh, the, the, the Garfield films. Yeah, the who directed it was um oh Mark Webb. Yeah, the Mark Webb. Oh Mark Webb. What is he? Mm, what a he career. Just made, uh, he just well, did gifted. Yeah, I know, but I'm just yeah, saying. smash hit gifted. <laughs> the blockbuster chart topping gifted, starring Jenny Slate. <laughs> Jenny Slate. Oh, with Chris Evans. Yeah, and, they met on that set. Oh, cute. Another bummer. R.I.P. We are both just like done. It's done. Um, what I like about the new Spider-Man is that it feels contemporary in a way that no other Marvel film does. Yes, um, not just in the multicultural casting, which mm-hmm. I love because mm-hmm. it looks like New York rather than like Peter Parker or they're all named Peter Parker. Um, Tobey Maguire's sure. Spider-Man, yeah. like it didn't, it, the city didn't look like it actually does. But also that the villain in Homecoming is a Trump voter. Yeah, he's the forgotten man. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I thought of it. I know you watched Twenty Minutes of and hated it. I did, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it was successful, and I thought it was interesting that the Sony ones exploded, and Marvel was like, "Let us handle this." That's all I have to say. I thought it had more personality than most of those movies usually have. Yeah. I don't know. Spider-Man 2? No, no, no. Mar- Marvel no. movies. Oh, 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 no. Spider-Man 2 is a mass. It is a mass. That's yeah. the Spider-Man movie. That is the superhero movie. Yeah. yeah. I will broaden that. It goes no. off the rails in the best way. No, you're right. Spider-Man 2 is is the superhero movie. It, it, it is the superhero movie. I would, I would put The Dark Knight up there with it, though. That's not a superhero movie. Oh. It's, well, it's, about, it's about the surveillance state more than anything else. Yeah. I just don't think it is enough of a superhero movie. You're right. As a superhero movie. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like a superhero movie. It's a great it just, movie, though. It just has Batman in it. What? You don't like it? No, it's great, but, like, it's such a superhero movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't have the the tone of, like, the Marvel Universe. No, or but... even the DC... But those movies even... didn't even exist when The Dark Knight came out. That... Well, I, no, well, Iron Man came out early that summer, it was right? the It was the early, early, early Marvel. I mean, like Iron Man 1. No one had already redressed the superhero film in all black. And, it, you know, so of course it doesn't feel like your typical superhero movie at that time because he was already trying to re-envision what that meant. It mm-hmm. was making it grittier and more politically connected to the moment. And I just don't know what you mean by it. it's not a superhero movie. Like, it has an over-the-top villain. I just think he... Nolan has gone on the record saying, like, what he's trying to do is, like, make a crime movie. And I do feel like it is more, like, tied to other genres than no, a superhero. No, that's movie. exactly right. But su- the job of a superhero is to fight crime. So in every superhero movie is inherently a crime movie. It's not playing with, like, Michael Mann. Right, but it's a gangster movie. I think Batman it Begins is, a- is more of a gangster movie. Do you? Yeah, I mean, there's literal gangsters in it. There are literal gangsters in The Dark Knight. Well, they were like working for the Joker. He's like sub. He's like subcontracting gangsters. He's, if there are still gangsters in the movie, and they play, I just don't know why that means it's not a superhero movie. It's the same way that Blade Runner is not a Blade Runner movie. Okay, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't follow. <laughs> well, it's. Hmm. I don't know. I have nothing to say on that. Um. Let's see. I'm, the I'm, other best superhero movie is Batman Returns, starring Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Oh, mm. Me, yeah. I haven't seen that in so <gasps> long, and I have been so good. It's, a, Hall- it's a Halloween movie. It is. I watch it. So it's also a Christmas movie. I, it's actually not a Halloween movie. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> I just I really? remembered that there was a holiday involved. I've seen Batman Forever more times than I've seen Batman Returns. That's why weird. I don't know. That was the one I grew up with. Was Forever. You're like Jim Carrey is my Joker. Uh, yeah, I used to have the cups from McDonald's. I remember those. Of returns? Yeah, there was like a set of four. I wish I saw that. I wish you had the Tommy Lee Jones cup. I did at one point. With purple tea face. I like made my parents like take me to McDonald's and like until we got them all. So four times. Well, they don't give you the same, like, it's like a surprise. You had doubles. Yeah. Oh, so you have like 20 (laughs) Catwoman. faces. So who's in Returns? It's Catwoman, Penguin. And penguin and Batman. It. It's just the two villains. Two Face is Bane, in Forever. Bane Correct. is in Batman Forever. Bane is in Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. What do we think of Dark Knight Rises? It's garbage. I think it's a really interesting fiasco. I think I actually think it is good. I think it's good. And that's not great. I think it's fine. I think it's good, not great. Good, not great. I think it's garbage. 
<laughs> I live in a black and white world. That's it's only masterpiece. It's a gray baby. Masterpiece. Garbage. Yep. Is the Batman coming out as a movie? Is that not, still happening? Not the Batman. Ben, Ben's version. not directing it. Well, is Matt, gonna, Matt Reeves is doing yeah, it. Yeah, I think they will completely throw out the script. I don't uh, even know. Will Ben Affleck play Batman in that movie? I don't know. He, I'm so tired well, because, of talking about Batman. No, not, not in this conversation, but like... We, we, yeah, I'm over it. There's nothing that well, can be done that Christopher Nolan didn't do. or that Unless they make it a, like a fun camp movie. Well, it's not going Schumacher to be. already did that. It's going to be... Oh, I'm sorry. Bane's in Batman and Robin. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes. that's the fourth. With Uma Thurman as Poison Fucking Ivy. And maybe George Clooney and his nips. Yeah. Oh, guys, that's the one I've seen the most. <laughs> I've seen, I saw that in That's the one I, I think. That's the one I, I thought feel like it was. Like, was. It was like transgressive that like my dad took me to see Batman and Robin. Yeah. It was like an adult. It's film. a queer moment. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting <laughs> that, that, so Batman's been rebooted three times. Spider-Man's been rebooted, yeah, three times. I don't know. I, I think it's still going to be Ben Affleck, and I think it's still going to be just as broody as he was in Batman vs. Superman. Which is a film I like. Which is a film you like. You like BVS? Yeah. He's, uh, he goes Batman vs. Superman is such a I'll miserable film that it gave me permission to like work out my depression while I was watching it. <laughs> like The ash or the like shit-smudged like, color scheme of that film and just how utterly miserable it is. I was like, well, this is it's giving me permission to think about how I hate it. I think it has really <laughs> interesting visual storytelling. I don't know that it's great, but it's like... It disrespects National Treasure Holly Hunter by making her drink piss. piss. And blows her up. Why does she drink piss? <sighs> Grandma's peach tea or whatever. It's like an... I don't even remember. I was half drunk watching it. I just it. enjoyed it. I wish that I was half drunk watching it. I mean, I whenever anyone sober. said literally anything, I wanted to die, but like... If you turn the volume, it's such a down, talky movie, though. You, it's not. I feel like people are talking. I disagree. A lot. Well, I, mean, I, I don't think it's talky either. Okay, but I want to talk about one talky moment, which sure. is the end of their big fight scene that resolves itself because they discover that their moms had the same name. Like, I don't understand how you can like a movie where that's oh, yeah. an emotional climax. <laughs> I forgot about that. How does that work for you, Ben? <laughs> I don't remember that. To, like, perfectly <laughs> honest. Like, Black that would only out. make sense if your mother's name was also Martha. It moved me. No, it didn't Jesus. move me. I just think there is an interesting authorial intent behind the film that is different than what anyone else has done with Batman. Yeah, well, intent is one thing, but what you're able to put on the screen is another. So are you, you're looking forward to Justice League? I'm looking forward to Justice League. I am too. I mean, the best part of BVS is... Guy. Wonder Woman is the introduction of Wonder Woman, and mm-hmm. it is when she shows up, it is like a revelation into the film. Yeah, that's what everybody said, but like I didn't even realize it was Wonder Woman. Well, that is not my problem. <laughs> it's not my fault. I mean, is is I mean, DC struck gold. Warner Brothers DC with with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. That's movie. Patty Jenkins single handedly resurrected. DC, because everyone hated. I don't know about resurrected, but certainly gave a DC shot in the arm. Yeah, hope. Yeah. I mean, I, I just love that she made an anti-war movie above everything else. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the secondary villain's name is Doctor Poison. Maybe the best name for a villain since Doctor Octopus. I like the Doctor villains. I forgot about Doctor Poison. Strange love. Uh. Yeah, I like Doctor Strange Love. <laughs> I mean, I think we should wrap this up. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I think we've gone on quite long enough. Yeah, how long have we been talking? A while. A while. Like, I'm looking at an hour five, but we we probably didn't start talking for five or ten minutes after. Yeah. So we um, this obviously would be edited. We would edit here, but uh, I wasn't going. I wasn't to. going to oh, either. Whoops! I just Not that I'm editing, but like <laughs> this is I our first episode, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've been, I I um I was telling a friend that I that I was starting a podcast with you two, and do they know us? No, 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 no. He's an out of towner. Great no. guy, great guy. He's like the only straight white guy that I love, and he's like very dad. <laughs> well, I like my dad, but he's my dad. But I, so I told him that we were going to be doing a podcast. He's yeah. like, oh well, okay, cool. Like it's just important to remember that for most podcasts, like the first fifty episodes suck. And I was like, oh. Good points, but, like, are you insinuating wow. that, like, I'm not... 
I'm not primed for success, that we are not ready to go. <laughs> We're not primed for success. <laughs> we are truly not. No. Um... <laughs> Should we should we anyway. say what we're going to talk about next week? Sure. <laughs> or what we're no, yeah. What we're going to say we're going to talk about and not talk about <laughs> next week. Next week we're going to talk about faces places. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say. The Agnes Varda film. Wow. <sighs> this was movies IMO in my opinion. We didn't talk about are we going to say it's movies in my opinion or movies IMO? I thought it would be IMO. It's, it's movies just, IMO. I thought the whole conceit of the glib title <laughs> was that it was an acronym. It's IMO. This is movies IMO. My name is Ben Hempy. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at what's my handle? BK Kirby. I am Daniel Crook, and my Twitter handle is Daniel Crook with three O's. I don't know how to communicate <laughs> that. Is that true? I thought it was Danger Crook. Uh, it's pronounced Danger, actually. Childhood nickname. Okay. Uh, well, right. But I finally ditched it because I was sick of explaining that. But now you have to explain the three O's. It, somehow it feels more professional. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> the winner is Jane Fonda. Um, Okay, but I will just let the hot dog. Okay, let's stop it. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.